0: Welcome back to the DC Beer Show, everybody. We are DC Beer across social media, and we'll jump right in. Brandy, you're not drinking Kolsch. What are you drinking?
1: (laughs) Well, I drank a shit ton of Kolsch on Saturday at the Silver Branch Kolsch Fest, which was amazing. Right now, I am drinking incredible beer from a brewery that I actually had never heard of until this past Friday night. I went out to Kent Island, super random, and went to Colt Classic Brewery. And let me tell you, I'm sure I was kind of annoying at the end because I got a little drunk drinking this 8.3 Juicy Mosaic IPA. But this brewery, everything that I drank there was amazing. The kohl's, like literally I was just blown away and the space was really cool. So I'm drinking the IPA When the Earth Stood Still by Colt Classic. And it's I don't usually drink a lot of hazy juicies, but this is just incredible. I would I would crush many, many, many of these, and I did on Friday. So shout out to Colt Classic, Mike Stein. Would you drink it?
2: I am drinking a when in doubt helles lager lager bia mm. trogs independent brewing. Yes, yes. Jake, Mister Berg blessed me with one of these two weeks ago, <laughs> and then on Saturday, which didn't see me at kolschfest fest i did get to see my sister-in-law and got to give her a hug in the first time since february 2020 uh, which was wunderbar oh my god the endorphins were, squ- were just squirting crazy so um <laughs> she got me as if it wasn't enough to give her a big old squeeze she got me a fresh drop a case of when in doubt which is just this 4.3 abv lager and if you know me You know I love lager. Check. If you know me, you know I love anything south of 5% ABV. It is just firing on all cylinders, and it is a wonderful treat for dear old Herr Stein. So cheers, y'all.
1: Cheers! I'm sad that you missed my new friend Jerry from uh, Share a Pint on Saturday at Kolschfest. Fest. I know. Yeah, I met Jerry. He was so cool. We all just—it was just me, Richard, Richard's wife Karen, Jake, and my friend Anton came and got my token Canadian friend. Nice. <laughs> came yeah. and we got we drank quite a bit of Kolsch's. We had a we had a stack of tokens on the table. It was very fun. Oh yeah! So shout out to Jerry, Share a Pint. Oh, I love
0: it. Yeah. Shout out to Jerry. We had to take yesterday off. Well, some of us did, but then we're back on today. Um, (laughs) I don't love lager as much as Mike Stein does, but I too have a sub 5% lager. What? This one from an unusual source.
2: Hmm. This
0: is a droid theory still on my grind, Mexican style lager. Mm. It does not have extremely extreme death metal or a dystopian alien apocalyptic sci-fi stuff going on like the stouts (laughs) and the hazies. Are you know. telling
2: me there's no skulls, there's no candy skulls or death metal skulls or aliens on the camp? Yeah, like there's no like aliens, like
0: subjugating humanity in a hazy IPA or like the kind of like etching death metal where you can't actually see the name and make out what it is. Instead, you get Still on My Grind. It's 4.7. It is a perfectly cromulent lager, which is as it should be. Still on My Grind still around. I suspect that because Cinco de Mayo is behind us. There'll be a little less of this around, but guess what? They do a Hellas and an Alt beer now too. What? That's what? Right. A joint theory lagers. Mm.
1: Question, Jake. Is that one of the beers you brought to me yesterday?
0: Answer, Brandy. Yes, it is. And yes. it is also one of the beers that I'm going to give to you, Mike. At some yeah, point, yeah, when yeah. I see you next, logger me. Because sharing
2: is caring.
1: Oh, it is, buddy. Yes. It is.
2: Thanks for alt-behind me, Jake. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, uh, are you like me?
0: Are you clamoring for more beer podcasts? Well, <laughs> right? yes. I, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, why, why would I even ask this rhetorical question? Because we have news for you: DC Beer does this DC Beer show every other week. But what do you do with those two weeks out of the month where we're not here? Tell us, Jake. How do you fill this void in your life? I want more. Sarah Jane Curran's Beer Me Radio. What? Yes! Is part of the DC Beer family, effective June 2020. That's next month. So you're going to get like us on the twos and the fours, or us on the ones and the threes, and Sarah Jane Curran who I assume is not going to be recording from that really cool podcast box inside the Lion Hotel in Adams, (laughs) Oregon anymore because we're still in a pandemic. But that'll be coming out every other week, the weeks that we're not coming out. And so that means that once a week, a podcast for you, dcbeer.com. Very cool. Mike and I, we have talked to Sarah Jane, been on her podcast, or she's been on when we've podcasted on DC Beer Show. So this is very cool. Yes. We like it. Sarah Jane, welcome to our publisher, Richard. This was a, a pretty good get on your part. Solid move. Yes. Oh, we yeah. Like that. <laughs> Heck yeah. Fair well fair fair well fair done, fair fair.
2: Richard. Ooh, up? <laughs> <puka, puka>. Bravo! <laughs> we want to welcome Sarah Jane. She is just the best. I've had the pleasure of being on her pod a number of times. I mean, like, how could, DC Beer Show, how could the DC Beer Show get any better by welcoming a fantastic podcaster back And, you know, normally I'm sad between the DC Beer Pods not coming out. Now I get another little endorphin squirt in between. Boom. Let's do it. Here we go. Life
0: is worth living again. And hey, speaking of endorphin squirts, as the DC Beer family gets bigger, so does the family of actual breweries in DC.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: We're about to gain a member. Brandy, take it away.
1: Thanks, Jake. I also want to say shout-out to Sarah Jane, even though I haven't personally met her. But it's totally rad to have another chick in the D.C. beer family. Hell yeah! Speaking of— Thanks, Jake, for that intro. I sat down— Not really, virtually, (laughs) with James Warner, owner of City State Brewery. And we talked for a little bit, you know, and his brewery's not quite open yet, but in preparation for this brewery opening, check out our interview. Hi, DC beer listeners. As if you couldn't tell by my voice, it's Brandy, and I'm here virtually via Squadcast with James Warner of the soon to open City State Brewery in the always adorable neighborhood of Brooklyn uh, slash Edgewood. Jake and I popped in to check out James's brewery last week, and I have to say, it's a pretty darn cool space. Hey, James, welcome to the show. Give the listeners a quick intro and tell us why you decided to open another brewery in D.C., and more specifically, in Brooklyn Edgewood.
3: Hi, Brandy. Thanks very much. It's an honor to be here after uh, all these years of work. If I'm on the podcast, I know that we're on the right track. We're close to being real. We are in Edgewood very firmly. I live in Brookland, but we are in Edgewood. Why uh, decided to open a, another brewery in D.C.? I mean, it, you get asked that question a lot. Why are you opening another brewery in any case, not just in D.C., but you know, in, in the United States or, or just in general? And I think it's a funny question because no one asks someone if they're writing a book or going to make a movie or going to start a band like, hey, there's lots of other bands out there. Why are you starting a band or why do you want to make this movie? There's lots of other movies. You, you do it because you've got something to say and this is the way to say it. And D.C. has the second highest per capita alcohol consumption in the country and the lowest per capita number of breweries. So just by the numbers, there's plenty of room here. I think D.C. has plenty of room for homegrown brands, for hometown feeling, and uh, that's what we're here for.
1: That's an excellent question. Yeah. City State Brewery is... I mean, that I can tell. Seemingly the most convenient brewery to get to in the district from the Metro Branch Trail. Like, it's literally right on the trail coming off of Rhode yes. Island Metro. It's crazy. When Jake and I were there, I was just shocked that, you know, it's like, holy smokes, what a spot. <laughs> um, Thank you. you have grand plans for the brewery? Can you tell the listeners a few of them?
3: Well, we think the brewery is pretty grand on its own. Uh, It's, um, again, you know, this has been a a labor of tremendous amount of love and devotion. Uh, I've been doing this for seven years, a lot of hard work, highs and lows, and, and all that to go along with it. But our ambition is to be a cultural institution in the district. We want both to create love for our brand and for the city, but to also be a a craft beverage incubator in the way that Mess Hall up the street is sort of an incubator or a a shared space for food. So we'll have this uh, beautiful corridor here of uh, Mess Hall up the street, giving room for entrepreneurs in food to spread their wings and get out into the marketplace. And we have the potential to do the same thing at City State. So I, I think of us in some ways as not only a brewery, but kind of like a record label Or recording studio where uh, we can have a lot of potential brands in our portfolio. We can make product here, package it, and put it on our truck and deliver it, at least in DC. So our plans involve opening ourselves up to the city and, and seeing how people respond. We've got a lot of room to grow, to make more beer and to grow with capacity. We've got a tap room that is spacious and and wide open and and ready for all of the events and and special happenings um, that not only we can come up with, but that we can collaborate on with others as well.
1: Yeah, it seems like you are very focused on making it very accessible, especially for people on bikes, which is really cool, especially because it's right off the Metro Branch Trail. And you mentioned that Mess Hall is literally right around the corner, which is great for you guys that you're going to have that relationship with them. So that way you have more space in your brewery for beer and not, you know, having to build out a kitchen and stuff. So specifically when Jake and I went you were telling us of a couple of walls that you have. You have a local artist who displays all of his neighborhood, D.C. neighborhood prints. And then there's another wall where you're going to, it's like basically going to be a history wall. Not history, but, you know, past and present, I guess. Mm-hmm. Can you tell everybody about that? Sure. And get them pumped to come and visit because it's really cool.
3: Thank you. And uh, yes, we are the most accessible brewery in D.C. And certainly I would say in the region. And uh, our relationship with the MBT and with cyclists, I'm a cyclist myself, and uh, we're really excited to, to welcome people here on their bikes. We're working with DDOT to get some bike racks down on the Branch Trail, uh, sort of close to the stairway that leads up to us from the Branch Trail. We put in a water fountain and a bottle filler outside the brewery for folks on their bikes. Which is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, one, of, one of my favorite ideas, one of, the, one of the best ideas that I had. We use it, the people in the, in the brewery use it every day. And beer and bikes go together really well across the country and across the world. All throughout Europe, people cycle around from brewery to brewery and they have their kit um, and water bottles and so forth. And we've got some, some fun things planned to sort of accentuate that relationship with cyclists and the MBT itself. As to the uh, the art that's here, Anthony Dill, D I H L E, of Victory Dance Creative, has a studio right around the corner from Mess Hall. And he's done 45 neighborhood prints that I'm sure a lot of people in DC have seen. They're colorful streetscapes of almost every neighborhood in the district. And we have each one of those 45 prints uh, framed up on one of our walls, and folks will be able to come and not only look at them, but if they want a framed print of their own, they can order one. It'll be ready in two weeks, and when they come back and pick it up, they can have a free beer. So
1: that's awesome. <laughs> Anthony is
3: our uh, our label designer as well, and this series of posters is is sort of how we found him because it really represents what we are about, which is I mean, so the Vogue word for it is placemaking, but creating a sense of place and home and belonging in the city and celebrating. It's different parts and neighborhoods, and so these prints are different streetscapes in different neighborhoods and really create, really take the time to find what's unique about those neighborhoods, to show the architecture that's vernacular in one part of the city versus another. I love D.C. We're all about using D.C. as our muse and our inspiration and celebrating the history and culture of the district and the neighborhoods in the city have distinct personalities and we hope folks will will come and find you know to be inspired to fall even further in love with where they live not only uh, the city itself but in the particular part of the city that they live in and to aid in that on another one of our walls we are setting up what will be an ongoing history and culture exhibit it's uh, sort of set up with steel cables and clear folders, I guess, that will can hold images. We will start with uh, 14 to 16 images, sort of called the D.C. Wall of Fame, notable people that have had an impact on the city from past and present. That will likely be part of our bigger opening when the city opens up more in June. When we first open, the History and Culture Wall likely won't be fully in place only because We won't yet be at a a stage where we'll really be encouraging people to be walking around and milling around the Mm taproom, you know, as we'll still be in COVID land or, you know, coming out of it. But that will be fully in place by the middle of June is the goal.
1: And speaking of opening during all of this time, I know that your opening has been delayed by a few years and you've been, well, you've been working on it for a while. What can visitors expect when they visit City State? How is it going to be different than, you know, the other local breweries?
3: The other breweries in in DC have really paved the way and shown that a craft brewery is possible in DC. Um, the case of DC Brow and Three Stars like literally got laws changed because there hadn't been breweries here for a while, and some of those breweries were built before tap rooms were allowed. Yeah, and they adapted to it afterwards. At City State, so our building is was a freight rail warehouse, so trains is to come right up outside of the building and the platform that uh, stock would be goods would be rolled out on that forms a, a long slightly narrow patio we call it the breezeway it's covered and that's private i mean it's a public right-of-way but it's not a sidewalk so that will be in fact our summer garden so there'll be a long outdoor seating area that's covered you No know, speakers outside and then we've got glass overhead doors um, that let in a lot of light. And depending on the day, those will be open and people come in and it will be in some ways a throwback. You know, 10 years ago or more, breweries were effectively warehouses and they had picnic tables and people came and sat at picnic tables and enjoyed beer. And there were, you know, maybe some food offerings and people loved it. You know, breweries are one of those examples, very few of factories that people go to visit. You know, I, it's, I don't know when people go to visit like the factory that makes their favorite brand of paper. People want to go to the brewery itself and be there. And in the past, I'd say 10 years or so, there's been more of a focus on a taproom experience and building out something that kind of looks like a bar that looks like a pub inside. That was part of our plan when we were building out in April, but we've really gotten away from that partially because of COVID. And so come in and we've got these beautiful picnic tables from Bavaria. They're vintage picnic tables. There'll be a bunch of those set up. We've got we have our art. There'll be some, some arcade games, string lights, of course, and a couple of kegerators with our a very knowledgeable and experienced staff. And we'll do uh, contactless ordering largely. There will be some walk-up service as well. And we'll have beer in compostable plastic cups that are being composted. And we'll also do some soft drinks and non-alcoholic beverages as well. And then there'll be food trucks in our loading dock and maybe even some pop-up food options as well. And accessible uh, water coolers so people can replenish their water. And it's meant to be a family-friendly gathering place where anybody in the city can feel welcome and really build a sense of community. And where you can sit and feel like, this is yeah, this is why I love living in D.C. because of places like this.
1: Yeah, I have to agree that your space was very inviting, and I can picture myself just sitting out and uh, watching people biking down the branch trail and drinking right. my beer.
3: <laughs> and watching um, the trains go by. Let's not let Exactly. That go. we've, got, we've got the red line going by, so if you're yeah. into train spotting and kids love watching trains, it's a great place for that. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, oh, yeah.
1: no you're fine. Um, but speaking of the beer, you know, the most important aspect, yes. you know. Tell us, tell us about the beer. When Jake and I came by, you talked about releasing some, you know, like focusing on a, a few to begin with, like your flagship beers and keeping the, the menu pretty simple at first. And then, you know, expanding. Can you tell us about the Kolsch and your pale ale and the wheat ale you're cooking up?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we what only to serve beers when they're ready. So the uh, the lagers and the pilsner that we're working on, those will be ready in the second week of June, third week of June. We are you know, going through our, our first batches and these recipes will be tuned over time, but we're very happy with the initial results. So the beers that will very likely, you can't promise anything until it's, uh, we've quality control tested it and make sure that it's it's right for serving. But that we'll have is our Eight Wards Independent Pale Ale. So that's 6%, 6.5%, depending on these initial batches. And that's our, our hoppy offering. It's a pale ale that gets character from, uh, from the yeast and the malt and a blend of hops for some classic IPA bitterness, but also some really interesting fermentation flavors and uh, hop fruitiness. Our Kolsch is a blossom and we get some white wine notes out of that from our hops and slight sweetness from from some of our malt choices. And we'll do a variation on Blossom, and Blossom is named for all the trees that blossom in D.C., a wonderful city that saves for trees and for, for blooming trees. So we'll do a variation on that called Red Bud, and that will be a hibiscus colch. So we'll, we'll make 20 barrels of colch, and we'll separate out five barrels of that and uh, steep some hibiscus in there for a bit of tartness and some fun pink color for that. Then we've got Equal Marriage, which is uh, Dunkelweizen, a dark wheat beer that evokes flavors and aromas of banana, cocoa, and coffee. Very, very drinkable. I mean, all beers are drinkable. That's really kind of a nonsense uh, <laughs> uh, a, a statement. Um, but, uh, but you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it has savoriness to it uh, that's wonderful on its own, but is is also good with food. But it's very refreshing, even though it's sort of uh, a little richer from the dark malt and some of those flavors. It's long been one of the favorite beers that I make. That we make. Then we will have Feather Duster, which is a hazy IPA be around eight percent we'll have train spotter which uh, will be a beer that does feature hops so we we're still choosing the first hop that will feature in the train spotter but that would be a four percent pub ale and uh, let's see i think that is it for our opening lineup and then as the weeks go on we will have our lost laws pilsner a self-determinator MyBach, and a kingman uh, extra step
1: mm. Can I take part in the quality control taste testing?
3: <laughs> uh, I, I believe I believe so, and maybe we can uh, we can invite some listeners in as well. And we we want to you know have fun with that as it goes on. You know, have Pilsner that we might try hopping a couple of different ways, and have folks in and, and see what they prefer. But but yeah, that's our that's our lineup. So we try to have a, a range of you know alcohol a portfolio of alcohol strengths of flavors, both dark and light hoppy and not malty and clean for for every palate.
1: Awesome. I've seen your brew house, but tell the listeners how big your brew house is and how the size of the brew house and what the amount of beer you're going to put out, how it's going to play into your plan to
3: self-distribute in DC. Sure. We have a unique uh, brew house that was my idea, but then obviously gave it to the professionals to design and it's a tandem brew house. So it has a 20 barrel brew house, which makes so 20 barrels makes 40 big kegs at a time, right? It's, uh, each big keg is 15 and a half gallons. So the 20 barrel makes 40 of those at a time. And then we have a smaller one that's linked, and that one makes five barrels at a time or 10 big kegs. The smaller system is linked with the bigger one, which enables us to pull decoctions. So take some mash from the bigger one and cook it in the smaller one to do some Traditional techniques to really develop flavor and structure and create flavors that you really can't in any other way. The five barrel will also allow us to really to experiment, to pilot, and to uh, to keep variety going through our tap room, and also allow us to do you know true private label beers with certain restaurants or or other accounts because it only makes ten kegs at a time, so it's it's not a huge commitment. It's also an opportunity. For contract brewing with other brands that you know may want it, people are interested in starting a beer brand, but may not be able to. And, and I certainly know how hard it is to get the capital to together to start your own brewery and, and have your own facility. But we can make beer. There is no commercial brewery at a five barrel size in the region. So it's a, a much smaller commitment from someone who wants to experiment with contract brewing. Otherwise, you know, some of the beer contractors they have to take 30, 40 kegs at a time and sell it on their own. Our business model is not based around contract brewing, but it's part of our mission to grow our brand through you know, diversifying and, and partnering with others. And we're we're very happy to sell not only city state branded beer in, in the brewery, but also other brands as well and potentially, you know, put them on our trucks and and sell them at the same time. So it gives us a lot of flexibility. And as anyone who's made beer at home knows that basically it takes us roughly the same amount of time to make a batch of beer, whether you're making a 5, 10-gallon batch at home or a batch of beer on a a 20-barrel system. Enzymatic reactions just take the time that they take, and the boil takes the time that it takes. But with the same amount of labor, we can push out two separate beers at the same time and we can really be efficient in producing both at a smaller scale but one that is still profitable enough to spend the time on as well as on a larger scale to support core brands and and really you know taking big steps out into the market
1: I think it's great that you're using Craft Coalition as part of your distribution plan. Yep. I think they, f- they focus really well on very locally, uh, local brands. And the few people I've met from them, they're pretty pretty rad. So it's a great choice, I think, in my opinion. They're great.
3: <laughs> and they they were also colleagues. So I, while I was raising money for city-state, I left behind a job in politics. And uh, I threw myself fully into this. And I worked as a beer salesman for Legends Limited for five years, driving around Montgomery County, selling both national brands and local brands. And so the folks from Craft Coalition, one of them was a colleague of mine at Legends. Another one of the founders was a good friend and he he worked at Manor Hill. And the DC sales rep for Craft Coalition was also a good friend and, and colleague at Legends. So you're um, talking about we, Chase. <laughs> talking about Mr. Chase. Uh, hey, Chase. <laughs> who, we, Chase is, uh, we are just, we can't, It can't be a better person to represent us out in, in the marketplace. Aww. Yeah. He's the best. And, and, you know, and I think they also sort of reflect our values as people and as business, you know, the, the very unfortunate, although not at all surprising, unfortunately, you know, stories that have been coming out of the past few days about you know, misogyny and sexism. Oh, yeah. in, the, in the industry, of, you know, which we know all about issues with race as well. Yeah, you know, these are people who share our values in a number of ways, and so we're really it's it's very exciting to work with them because D.C. and Maryland both create a space for innovation in distribution and in sales, and I have likened uh, this to a record label before, but it, it still holds true in some ways that. If you make a, a record or you make a movie, that piece of art can sit on the shelf unless you sign with the distributor. And in many parts of the country and in many parts of this industry, that's a very uneven relationship, biased towards the interest of the distributor.
1: That's very and, true. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: And so <laughs> these folks have come from craft and come from breweries and tried to equalize that so it works well for everybody. So they are a real force multiplier for us, Craft Coalition. Myself and our sales director, John Harris, will act as brand reps. And we're not gonna be running routes every day and selling beer. We'll be supporting the reps from Craft Coalition. We're also signing up with Ferment Nation to, to distribute our product in Virginia. That's awesome. And we're very excited about that. Yeah, they're terrific. Yeah. And they come from the same from the same idea. Distributors that were founded. By folks coming from from the brewing side who understood, you know what, what craft breweries need and why, how representing uh, small breweries is much different, and the different opportunities than you know representing AB and
1: I know that I can speak for my fellow DC Beer Posse when I say we're all looking forward to checking out your new space as soon Thank as you. it opens. I will be there on opening weekend. <laughs> um, Thank you. And I know that we'd love to sit back down with you, actually, hopefully in person yes. when your space opens. And actually, while we're drinking the beer and talking about beer and, you know, the hops and like all kinds of shit that goes. Like, I'm I'm actually really excited because, you know, beer gets us very excited. Amen. Is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with? You know, anything that we didn't cover in the short interview?
3: We can't wait to see you all. uh, This is a dream come true and really invite all of you to come share in our dream and come to City State and see and and feel for why you love this city and find new reasons to love the city. It's just a dream come true and we're so excited to welcome everybody in.
1: Thank you, James, for coming on the show. Thank you. City State is going to be such a cool new spot to hang out, everybody. Make sure you follow them on social media to keep an eye out on their opening date. I'm sure James will let us know, and then we'll spread the word as well. And you know, obviously yes. follow us at DC Beer. And we'll keep you in the loop. James, thank you so much. And we'll see you soon.
3: Thank you, Brandy. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brandy.
0: Thank you, James. Uh, we'll have more on City State as we get an opening date expect articles and stuff. We know that they're aiming for a Memorial Day weekend opening. And this podcast comes out on the Friday of Memorial Day weekend. So hopefully the beers in the tank cooperate and all goes well. On a more serious note, when we last podcasted, there was a post or two out there about bad behavior by dudes in breweries, dudes working for breweries, dudes who deliver, who rep, and who serve beer. Since then, Brienne Allen of Notch Brewing has shared hundreds of stories on her Instagram page. She's at rat magnet, rat like the rodent, and magnet like the metal thing. I'm going to make a neoliberal argument here, the market-based one, and that's if craft beer is going to grow a pace that needs new markets, your brewery and your portfolio might need new markets, being racist, being sexist, being trans or homophobic, kindly knock that shit out. I'm not telling you don't be an asshole because you're not listening. And also this business is allegedly 99% asshole free, even though we know that's not the case. What I am telling you is don't hurt your wallet because maybe then you'll listen. Maybe. I say this as someone who's not above it. I've sat at a bar and I've seen some shit go down and I've said nothing. I need to be better. We all need to be better. Being an ally isn't a yes or no thing. It's action in that moment. It's on us. So please, if you see something, say something, if possible, and if it's safe. Because if you don't, then craft beer doesn't expand market share, and then you end up with seltzer.com or whatever. All right. That is my rant.
1: That just gave me chills, actually. Thank you. Well said, Jake. Yeah. That was, that was well said.
0: All right. That's all we got. I say stay tuned for more of us as we report the DC beer scene. Congratulations to James on opening a brewery. That is very, very cool. Check us out in the socials. If you're Instagramming your beer, please tag us at DC Beer. And hey, Sarah Jane Curran, Beer Me Radio coming soon. Get vaccinated, drink outside,
2: or if you're vaccinated, drink indoors. Tip big. One last thing before we quit. Brandy, do you want to take us out? Uh,
1: it's not that I want to take you out, but... <laughs> I I want to know, because we got a three-day weekend coming up, and I know personally that this past weekend I went a little crazy because I was like, <laughs> vaxed, waxed, ready to party, shot girl summer, okay, single, ready to mingle. <laughs> I went, I got, I was, I drank a lot, y'all. I drank a lot. But I'm okay with that because I deserve it. <laughs> mm. I want to know what you, all, all of you. He, she, they, everybody, everybody, which I'll drink in for Memorial Day weekend. What are you guys getting into? Mm. Tell me. uh, So at me, you can do Brandy Drinks, Gin, and Beer, or obviously at DC Beer. I want to know. Send me your your pictures of your cans, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So, yeah, on that note, enjoy your long weekend, everybody, and drink enough beer that makes you happy, and makes you feel like the before times.
2: Yeah, tag us. I saw, Brandy, you were drinking a Hoplark, sparkling Hop product, and I just have that to say- That take... wasn't me. Oh, oh, that was it Jake. It was Jake. Oh, my god, Jake gosh, and I we were got... both a little hung. We, we, we were hung, <laughs> but, I,
0: but I took that picture right outside Brandy's house. So
2: Oh, I was wondering. I was
1: like, wait I mean, a minute. That <laughs>
2: Credit to you, Jake. Your photo skills are approaching brandies enough that oh, I was like, thank
1: mm. you. Yeah, Hash, I saw that. Hashtag I was like, no filter. I was like, Damn, did I take that? <laughs> I was I that drunk? I don't remember taking <laughs> Oh, Mike, oh, do you man. have
2: uh, Memorial Weekend plans? I would love to get out. So, Wifey is finally fully vaxxed. I really want to yes. get to yeah. um, the Powers Farm Brewery. Uh, shout out to the Powers. Where's um, that? They are out. I think it's technically Washington, Virginia. Um, <laughs> I brewed a historic beer, of course, under five percent, oh. a few years ago. There, really? they're, they're they're just an amazing young couple that runs a farm and a brewery. So I need to hit them up. I'd love to get to Wheatland Springs. I want to get to Cedar Run. You know, I haven't been to Elder Pines since ever. So I gotta. I want to go to the farm. Take me yeah. to farm. I see some goats, some sheep's like what's up with the ooze? Let's check out some ooze. I never heard of that <laughs> first brewery that
1: you that you mentioned, but Yeah, powers. You mentioned Wheatland Springs and yeah. us at DC Beer, Richard, Jake, myself, Mike, we've been talking and Greg, we've been talking about having now that COVID's getting close to the end, having monthly excursions as the DC beer crew and inviting everybody to come and hang out and join us and meet and greet and drink beer together. That's a great so idea. when we when we pinpoint plans, we will be sure to announce that and tell everybody, but we're our, I think our first excursion's gonna be Wheatland Springs. So nice, yeah.
0: Nice. This could be like special like subscriber bonus content that they get yeah. unlocked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hit
3: me up on Help. my
2: patron my indiegogo <laughs> slide into our dms we don't patreon because you know we're for the people yeah but come help us come help dc beer stimulate the local economy
1: yes that's <laughs> awesome so yeah. cheers from brandy
2: cheers from stein cheers from jake
1: and cheers from abe shout out to abe
2: <laughs> yay, yay.
1: cheers everybody have a good long weekend enjoy bye
2: be well be well